there's an urban legend about how um, the Texas uh, sharpshooter became um, to be uh, sort of a, a legend. And they actually use this phrase, the sharpshooter fallacy in social sciences to talk about when people just judge something out of, out of its context. So anyway, the urban legend is that there was a, a Texas man who got his gun and went to his barn and on the outside just kind of pretty randomly shot on the wall of his big old barn. And then where he saw clusters of uh, gunshots, he uh, painted the bullseye and then the target around it. So it looked like uh, he was a, a sharpshooter. So a passenger driving by noticed the sharpshooting and went to congratulate the man and hence the, the, didn't ask any questions, just saw what a good shot he was and, and interpreted that um, scene from, uh, from the roadside. I was thinking about this because I've just heard so many things about what Jesus wants from his people, so many ways that Christians um, are spending their energy on looking for um, new messiahs, or looking for, uh, for direction. And instead of actually going to scripture and using what the Episcopal Church, I think, has perfected, which is reason, which includes experience, coming to the scripture with our reason and our experience, engaging the scripture, digging deep into the scripture to see the context and what it meant in that time and how it could speak to us now, and then tradition, honoring tradition, but not uh, hanging on to tradition that is in fact no good for us, the people of God or the church, but not discarding traditions that are rich and are part of our identity. And so um, I see so many people Proof texting scripture, I hear it a lot, and it, it hurts my heart, um, against other people, and saying that that's what you know God said. And I think part of what they're doing is they're taking some words of scripture, making that a bullseye, and painting the target around. And it's frustrating, because... Jesus, in many ways, is so clear. It's just so clear about what his mission is. And there's a lot of things that can be confusing, but there's certain things that are so clear. 
Love God above all else and love your neighbor as yourself, the sum of all the commandments. And in our gospel today, he's, he's in the temple. He has begun his adult ministry. He's come out of that baptism of God's voice saying, you are my beloved, this is my son, listen to him, with the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And, 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 and he goes into the sacred temple and he says, he's, he's handed the scroll and he says, he, he looks for the scripture that he wants to quote as being his, and he goes to that beautiful passage in the prophet Isaiah, and he says, he quotes Isaiah, he reads Isaiah, which says, good news, I have come to proclaim good news to the poor. I have come to proclaim sight for the blind. I have come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I have come to proclaim release for the captive. So many things. Liberation for the oppressed. And then he rolls up that scroll again. And I, I, I appreciate this because sometimes you know, I read a passage of a theologian and they've said something so well that I feel like I don't need to add anymore. And I quote them. And uh, I feel like Jesus is like, yeah, Isaiah, there's no more to add. This is the right thing. So he rolls up that scroll and he says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled. And what did he mean by that? He meant that he just did it, that he proclaimed good news to the poor, to the sick, to the oppressed, to those in debt, which was what the good year of the, the Lord's favor was about. And somebody in that synagogue was one of those things if not everybody. So he used his voice to proclaim the good news, and he said that day it was fulfilled. He didn't say it was over. He didn't say it was finished. He didn't say any, it would never have to be worked on again. He said it was fulfilled. And that was his coming out statement. That was his first, this is my mission. This is who I am. This is his inaugural speech. So, if you love Jesus, you are going to proclaim good news to the poor of this land. You are going to try in every which way you can to speak some good news to the poor, to speak some healing to the sick, to speak liberation for the oppressed, to speak release for the captive, 
to forgive debt. And if you don't do that, as a Christian, you're just painting a fake target to impress passers-by. And that's not what Jesus is about. That is not what Jesus is about. There are a couple things, examples that came to mind. Now, you all know I love the color purple and, uh, and the, the, the musical, and I was just like so blessed to hear Cynthia Arebo sing that, uh, the role, the main role, and um, I've talked about other songs, but when, when, when I think about this sort of, this is who I am text, I think about the song from that uh, musical, I'm Here. Right? She says, I'm beautiful and I'm here. And this woman has been held captive. This woman has been hurt. This woman has been uh, made to pay debts that she never took out. This woman has been harmed, has known poverty. And in this song where she just ends, I'm here. She's like, I'm going to put my shoulders back, look you straight in the eye, and just say, I'm here. And that's the kind of dignity and response, I think, that, that Jesus wants from those who listen to his words. Stand up straight. Proclaim good news. Proclaim your own dignity. Proclaim the dignity of others. Proclaim that salvation is not just for the righteous and the worthy, but for all of us who are part of the body of Christ that Paul paints a picture of in the first Corinthians passage when he says that there are members of the body and he uses that phrase that is an original baptismal phrase, the experts say that that phrase about all of us being one body, Jews or Greek, free or slave, that that is an original um, baptismal formula. And it's found in other uh, places in scripture, like in Galatians. And so when we come together to be community, that gathers in the name of Christ to be anointed with the Spirit of God through prayer, we are saying that we are a community of equals, Jews or Greek, slave or free, that will proclaim good news to the hurting of this world. My husband is in El Salvador. And yesterday he attended a major event in the life of the Roman Catholic Church, but also all uh, Christians in El Salvador who remember the ministry of a man named Drutilio Grande, who was a friend of Archbishop Romero, who is now a saint, first a saint in the Episcopal Church and now a saint in the Roman Catholic Church, and a Salvadoran, both working for the poor. And Rutilio Grande and two of his lay ministers were what they call beatified yesterday, um, which means that they're on the way to sainthood. And when I lived in El Salvador, 
I remember driving on a road, taking a bus to where I worked, and we would see the car with the bullet holes still in it on the side of the road in which Rutilo Grande and his two lay ministers were killed. And part of why they were killed was because they were working against the lie that the church wanted you, that it was God's will for you to be poor and hungry while others profited from your work. They were interpreting the scriptures in a new way, in a way that was good news for the poor, and they paid the ultimate price for it. And I always thought, driving by that car, I always thought, was that a, was that a warning? I mean, riding by on the bus, it was like, was that a warning? Was that a memorial? Was that just to say that that was a piece of trash? Was that to say, I never thought that he would, he would become, he would become uh, uh, beatified in the, in the church. Because he was vilified for so long. And I thought, or is that a reminder, an inspiration? And for me it was an inspiration. There are people in this world that give the ultimate. Christ was clear on what the core of his mission was. And Paul so eloquently said that as a community, we're all needed in this mission. We're all needed with our gifts, but not just strongly bringing whatever gifts we have, but in order to be able to rely on each other. That this reliance on each other is a gift as well. That this interdependence is a gift as well. That this need we have for others' gifts to hold us up sometimes and then to carry people sometimes. The responsibility that we have makes us response-able to walk in the way of our Lord. One of the commentators uh, about the scripture from Isaiah said he didn't feel like it was talking to him because he wasn't poor, he wasn't sick, he was in good health, he'd never been in prison, he'd never been oppressed. And I was listening to that, I was like, well, good for you. <laughs> awesome. Shield the joyous, right? But it's not just about our individual being, state of being. We are a body that is responsible, interdependent, relying on each other. And we're not okay if we're not all okay. And so this week, if you're confused about God's purpose in the world, 
Good. Take your bulletin and read that. If you need a little musical inspiration, listen to Cynthia Arrivo and put your shoulders back. She does say, I'm going to flirt with somebody, so check with your spouse about that first. <laughs> if you have one. But you know, just live. And know that you are included in the good news that is spoken to those who need it most. You have a place in this community and a purpose in this world and a prophet who will tell you how to walk it. Walk the way. Amen. Amen.